The Bible reading is taken from John, chapter 20, verse 24 to verse 31. And this can be found on page 907 in the Bibles and the chairs, and also on page 2 of the service sheet, or on the sheet that the children have been given when they came into the service. John chapter 20, verse 24. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see his hand in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Please do take a seat. And let me say good morning, everybody, and a very happy Easter to you all, because it is indeed Easter Sunday, uh, in case that uh, fact has somehow passed you by. And as a special Easter uh, Sunday treat, I thought um, we'd have a little quiz um, to get started uh, this morning. Um, So uh, we're going to have this amazing but true quiz. So here's what you need to do. We need to get into twos, threes, or fours. No more than four, though, okay? That's the cutoff point. Twos, threes, or fours. Do that right now, and then I'll give you your next instruction. Go. Right. Now, teams who guess the most right... I've got five different headlines. Actually, that's why I've got five different headlines for you. And you've got to decide whether they're lies or amazing but true. And the team which can uh, guess the right amount of answers wins today's star prize, which unbelievably is an Easter egg. Um, so you've got that to share out uh, amongst your team. That's what, we're, that's what we're playing for. So let's um, crack straight into action with question number one. Honda have introduced in-car emoji technology. So on the steering wheel there, you can press the emoji. There is, um, you're stuck in a traffic jam. You want to show, do a sad face beep of the horn. It will do that for you in this new car. Is that a lie or amazing but true? Right, A or B? Okay, five, four, three, two, one. You've had long enough on that one. Here's question two. 
A man attempts to rob shop with using, using an ear of corn as a gun. A man has attempted to uh, rob a, a shop using an ear of corn as a gun in his pocket. Is that a lie, A, or B, amazing but true? On you go. Okay, once again, five, four, three, two, one. Here's question three. The Beano has announced that it is to use only emojis instead of words. There's the front cover of the first edition of that Beano. Is that A, a lie, or B, amazing but true? Confer and decide. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Okay, we're moving on. Question four. Woman marries herself on 40th birthday. She was tired of waiting for Mr. Wright, so she just married herself. That man on the left is not uh, her husband. That is her, uh, I think, wedding coordinator. Is that the case? Is that A, a lie, or B, amazing but true? Five, four, three, two, one, and question five, finally. Woman has husband's ashes made into egg timer so he can still help in the kitchen. Is that A, a lie, or B, amazing but true? You want it to be true, don't you? Okay, five, four, Three, two, one. Okay, right. We moved swiftly into the answers. And here's what I'm going to do. Because I'm a church minister and you people are looking all so lovely this morning, I am going to trust you <laughs> to mark your own papers, mainly because actually we're on the clock, so we don't have time to move around papers. So I'm going to trust you, okay, to mark your own papers on these answers. Here is the answer to question number one. The in-car emoji technology. Was it alive? What do we think? We want it to be true, but it, sadly it was a lie. Honda are not developing that technology. Question two, here's the answer to that one. Did this man attempt to uh, uh, rob a, a shop with or, with or using an ear of corn as a gun? What is it, Johnny? It's amazing but true. Yeah, that headline was right. Okay, question three. The Beano using emojis. We're just emoji crazy this morning. Is that, is that true or no, it's a lie. Okay, question four. Woman marries herself on 40th birthday. Did she do it? Yes, she did. And then five, finally, question five. This woman, has she made her husband's ashes into an egg timer so he can help in the kitchen? She did. Okay. Hot up your answers. Hot up your answers. See how many you got out of five. Let's see. Let's see who we've got a clear winner. I suspect. I suspect we might not. Uh, who got five out of five? Anybody? Oh, we've got a few groups straight away with five out of five, which is why we move. Which is why we move swiftly on to the tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Don't show it yet, Johnny. The tiebreaker 
is fastest finger first, right? I really want to see those fingers, as they used to say, on shooting stars. So, okay, first hand up. I'm going to, I'm going to try and look both, look both ways because we've got groups over there as well. First hand up. I'm going to, I'm going to come to you for the answer. Um, right, Johnny, are we ready? Three, two, one, go. Right? <laughs> well, I think, I think actually the first hand up, once the, once the question came, came up, up, was actually Roy. Is it a lie or amazing but true? Amazing but true. Amazing but true? Does someone else want to have a go at that question? <laughs> here, here. It was a lie. Was it a lie, Johnny? A lie. <laughs> Funny how you suddenly realize these things don't work so well in practice. So <laughs> it's a tiebreaker. Um, so there we go. Um, I think it's the Bourne family over there. You win this. I'll give you that at the end, okay? And yeah, that's, that's right. The other thing that you've earned is the respect and begrudging admiration of everybody else in this building uh, this morning. Now, most of those headlines from, uh, from newspapers were actually taken from a few weeks ago on April Fool's Day. But even the ones, even the ones that were true sounded pretty wacky, didn't they? The kind of things that just make you think, kind of, oh, come on, no way. That can't be true. I can't believe that. And in chatting to people about Christianity, often I find that many have the same reaction to it as that. They go, I can't believe that. I mean, come on. A man comes to earth claiming to be God. And then he does the most incredible things, but gets killed for it. Yet still, somehow, to cap it all off, rises from the dead, claiming to have forgiven our sins. I can't believe that. Well, that's the first of two possible responses to the claims that the Bible makes about Jesus. And if you share that reaction, can I just say that you're in very good company. Because one of Jesus' closest followers said just that when he heard that Jesus had risen from the dead all those years ago, that very first Easter morning. We read about him, well, Stephen read about him for us from John chapter 20 a few minutes ago. He's doubting Thomas. Well, he's called doubting Thomas. And I reckon if he was an Englishman, he would be a Yorkshireman. Because he wants facts. None of that airy-fairy kind of religious nonsense. Here's what John tells us about him in verse 24. And if you're one of the kids on the worksheet, um, underlining the verses as they get mentioned, that's your first one. Start for 10. Now, Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place, my finger in the, uh, and place my hand in his side, I will never believe. Now that's a pretty gruesome thing to ask for, isn't it? Uh, just imagine you're uh, visiting a friend in hospital, and you go up to their bedside and you go, mate, I think you're faking. I'll only really believe you're ill if I can stick my fingers in your wounds. I mean, if you said something like that, you'd be sicker than your mate, wouldn't you? Yet that's just what Thomas asked for. But in doing so, he typifies the scientific spirit, insisting on data, on information that can be investigated. He wants to see and touch Jesus 
before he believes this whole resurrection business. And I have to say that I am very grateful for the record of Thomas's doubt because it destroys a very common response to the report of Jesus' resurrection. That this is an account cooked up by a group of deeply upset people who are wanting to cling to hope where there is none. In their shock and their grief, the disciples simply imagined they saw Jesus across a garden or down the beach because they missed their friend and they wanted to see him again. But tell me, folks, does Thomas look like a daydreamer to you? Look at verse 25. Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger and, and place my hand into his side. Sorry, a bit of a typo there again. But unless I place my hands in the mark of his nails and place my hand into his side. This is not wishful thinking on Thomas's part, is it? Thomas missed Jesus' previous appearance to the disciples the week before, which has always actually made me wonder, where was he? Was he out shopping? Maybe he was on a pastoral visit with a congregation member. But then I remembered, this was Easter, so of course, he must have been watching the US Masters on the telly. I mean, that's what we all do at Easter, don't we? We watch the golf, don't we? Oh, maybe not. But one week later, what happens? Thomas is with the disciples as Jesus appears. And he speaks to Thomas and he says, John 20, verse 27. Oh, Thomas, how you've let me down. Who do you think you are demanding evidence? Richard Dawkins? How dare you doubt me? From now on, you will be known as Doubting Thomas and everyone will think you are my weakest disciple. Apart from Judas, of course. Is that what he said? No, here's what verse 27 really says. He said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And as Jesus offers Thomas this most gruesome, gruesome of proof that he wanted, Thomas goes from saying, I can't believe that, to our second response, my Lord and my God, which is verse 28, isn't it? Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Now, if this was me at this point, I would be doing my best Homer Simpson impersonation. I, I don't know about you. I'd be going, oh, what have I done? But Thomas isn't the least bit embarrassed. He asked for evidence, and that's exactly what he got. He got evidence, and now he responds in the only way you really can. If when a man claiming to be God rises again from the dead, he says, you are the man. You are my ruler and my maker, my guide and my life giver, my Lord and my God. To which you might say, yes, but I wasn't there. I mean, Thomas, he was the, he was the lucky one, wasn't he? If I got to see Jesus in the flesh, man, I'd believe then. It would strengthen my faith no end. Well, according to Jesus, we have just that kind of evidence. If only we'll look. Let's read on in verse 29. Jesus said to him, that's Thomas, have you, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those 
who have not seen and yet have believed. I don't know if you guys were around for some of the great events of history. In fact, I wonder if you can tell me uh, what happened on these particular dates we're going to put up on the screen. 1066. Anybody, anybody know? Uh, George is coming around with a microphone to see if he can get, get somebody. Uh, hand, hands up. This is not a rhetorical question. Yeah, come on. Come on, George. Put, put some pace into it, mate. <laughs> yeah, 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 over here. Uh, Battle of Hastings. The Battle of Hastings. It did, it did it was. Now, were you there, sir? No. No, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, don't be rude about your age or anything. You, you went there. So how do you know? I was born in 1940. No, born in 1940. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But it was indeed the Battle of Hastings. Um, but, uh, but none of us was there uh, when William the Conqueror charged in and gave King um, uh, Harold a good old-fashioned kicking. And what about 1666? Next one. 1666. Okay. Got, got hand, oh, oh, hand oh, up there. The Great was Fire it? of London? It was indeed the Great Fire of London. That's right. Now, uh, Jamie Matthews, my son, were you there? Were you yes. there? Yes. You were there. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if you started it, mate, <laughs> no, knowing you. Now, listen. What about, okay, fi fi final one, final one. What about 1966? Okay, we've got one at the front. The, the, Kays the Kaisley boys have been hands up first every time. We we're going to reward them this, this time. England won the World Cup. When England won the World Cup. And, and, and mate, were you there? No. Okay, right. You seen it on the telly? No. No? Okay, oh, right. Your, dad, your dad's failing the job. Because, you know, as a Scotsman, I never tire of hearing of that incredible day <laughs> when England won. The Jules Rimet trophy, as it was known in those days. Uh, but but I, I wasn't there either, and I've, I've not watched the match through, but there's, there's definitely reasons for that. Um, but for all these things, we rely, don't we, on other people's reports to know the truth of these events. We believe without seeing. And we do that all the time in life, don't we? And what Jesus is saying here is that that should be no different when it comes to believing in him. Jesus expected people to be able to believe in him without actually seeing him like Thomas did. Because people like Thomas and other followers of Jesus didn't just see the events, witness them, but they actually wrote them down. So that those who weren't around at the time could see them too. And that's the final thing that John writes here. You see that in verse 30. When, now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. What Jesus is saying there is he's saying exactly the same thing as he said to Thomas. Come on and have a look at the evidence and believe on the strength of it. For Thomas, that meant running an eye over the resurrected body of the Lord Jesus Christ. For us, it means running an eye over the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life contained in here in the Bible. John and others have written them down for us so that we can see him for ourselves. So if you wake up one morning, as we all do from time to time, thinking, what for all? never happened? What if it's just a hoax or a fairy story? What if we get to the end of our lives and, well, that's it. It's just the end. 
What have I been had? Well, Jesus wants to say, then look at the evidence. Investigate it. Check it out. Like if you're wondering, how on earth can we base our lives on a 2,000-year-old book like this? Then maybe get a copy of The Case for Christ, which is in adult, kids, or student edition for you. This guy, Lee Strobel, who wrote it, he was an unbelieving journalist, and he put in the legwork for us. And he found the evidence just so convincing that he became a Christian on the strength of it. Or what about if your faith has taken a hammering from friends or family members saying that science disproves Christianity? Why not check out some books like John Lennox's brilliant God's Undertaker or, or the incredible um, If God Then What by Andrew Wilson? Or if you're struggling to believe because it seems that, that Christians are a minority in our culture and, and seem so out of step with our culture, why not check out Tim Keller's Making Sense of God, which is just brilliant at, at speaking into that and giving you reassurance? Or if you're not the reading type, then why, why not simple, simply find a Christian friend who you think will understand and be able to answer some of your questions and see if they might be willing to take you out, meet up, treat you for a coffee or a beer? Maybe you think that might be a bit daunting to do that. But I dare you. I have to say, if you ask me, I'd be absolutely delighted to do that. Unless it's the coffee. Can't stand the taste of the stuff. You've got to take me for a beer or a cup of tea. But let's just say that you're waking up not doubting the truth of the Bible, but doubting God's character. <coughs> Thinking God sometimes seems distant or powerless and, and not even worth really following for one more day. Well, Jesus' answer is just the same there. Look at the evidence. It changes everything. When I was a kid, I remember hearing a talk about doubt that featured three cats walking along a wall. And the kids, you've got this on your um, service sheets. I kid you not, this was so, so helpful in um, dealing with my doubts. Uh, the three cats were called faith, facts, and feelings. And uh, if faith followed feelings, then feelings sometimes just kind of wobbled a bit. Because feelings just, they go all over the place. And, and they'd fall off the wall if faith followed feelings. And then facts is just left there on their own. And, and faith, as it looks up from that broken and distant kind of area, different angle at the bottom of the wall, all smashed up, looks totally different and out of skew. However, if faith turned round and followed facts, then feelings, which are so, so important for all of us, that I'm not knocking emotions for a minute, but feelings would be able to be ordered in such a way that faith was able to keep following and stay upright all the way. And the evidence for the resurrection is strong enough to reassure us that we can trust Jesus when he says the most incredible things, like he will come back to judge the world, that he will keep us with him until that day, and that on that day, if we trust him, we will be ushered into an eternal glory that far outweighs anything we will experience in this life. His scars speak so powerfully of those truths, so powerfully that Thomas and the rest of the disciples were amazingly transformed from a group of guys hiding, cowering away in an upper room to preaching to thousands 
in the marketplace. Do you see? The resurrection changes everything. Not just 2,000 years ago for Jesus' first disciples, but for those of us who now follow him today. How might Jesus' resurrection encourage you to live more boldly and speak more boldly for Jesus this Easter? As we think that through, let me pray for us. Hear the words of Jesus. Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Father God, thank you for giving us both the evidence we need to believe and the scars of Jesus on the cross. They are hope and salvation to us. We pray this Easter that you would enable us to find true faith on the basis of your faithful witness and because of the work of Christ at the cross. And may we also be transformed by the great assurance of Christ's resurrection. We pray this in his name.